Hi everyone, welcome back to another (laughs) episode of This Is A Lot. Um, I'm Shakira. And I'm Joanne. Yeah, we did that at the beginning this time. Yeah, yeah, so this episode, we're going to kind of be talking about like, it's kind of like a response into some current events that have happened. Yeah. um... Um, Yeah. Should we re- should we restart this? I feel like it's very no. Okay. We're, we're honesty, remember? Um, yeah, both of us are kind of feeling a little off today. We're kind of both really tired and feeling kind of down. Yeah, um, down and and we weren't really sure if we were gonna record today. I personally wasn't super super comfortable like uh like recording about what we're gonna be talking about tonight. But you know, like I want to, and we just wanted to be completely honest with our listeners and tell you that we're not in the best moods right now in the best head spaces but yeah we want to talk about things that are very important and very current Mm -hmm. and we kind of I don't know I kind of see a little bit of power Mm -hmm. in the fact that we're doing this right now like given the fact that neither of us are really in a the best of head spaces I'm also sick which is like like, I woke up this morning, and I was just like, why? Why is this happening right now? But I got my tea, so... Yeah, we do have our tea. Yeah. Um, and we have tea. Tea. Yeah. We love the tea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess... I guess we, guess we should get started. Yeah. Um, so, this week, we're going to be talking about... I don't know if you guys have seen the news, but there's been a bunch of... Unfortunate events that have happened. Um, And so this is kind of like a response to it. The first thing we wanted to talk about was the 2019 college admissions bribery scandal. Um, So, Mm. yeah. For those of you guys who aren't entirely aware of it, um, we... Oh, shoot. Sorry. We're going to mute the sound. (laughs) Forgot about that. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I just cut my hair, like shaved it off and I just post made some posts about it so my phone is like right yeah, now and we're, we're saving another episode yeah. to talk all about the hair yes and we it's will. gonna be great it'll because, be fun yeah but yeah um yeah so back to the college admission scandal so basically what happened was the government the FBI um they cracked down on this big bribery scandal that was happening um, and with a bunch of wealthy parents who paid, I think combined, it was over $25 million mm-hmm. to college counselors to fake their like student test scores and bribe college officials from 2011 to 2018. Um, and some of the people that were implicated that kind of like blew up um, was Lori Lachlan. Is that how you say your name? I think so. And her husband, who's like a... Lori was the actor from Full House. Full House yeah. yeah, and her husband, the designer, Mossimo Giannulli. Giannulli? Gian, I don't know. Sorry for butchering your name. Sorry. Also, like, not sorry, because you're involved in the scandal. So. Yeah, so they were they <laughs> bribed college officials $500,000 to get their daughters into the school, and their kids still remain in school. Still so there, of course. Um, and so we kind of wanted to talk about this, and, like, I had... Um, came across this piece that I wanted to share with everybody, which is kind of like what prompted our desire to speak about this topic. Mm-hmm. So this piece was written by um, somebody named Jamie Lee. You can find her on Facebook. Um, 
And I just thought this was very powerful and very honest and kind of like speaks to our society. So I'm going to read what she wrote. I'm gathering from my feed that this whole college admission scandal is really shocking to a lot of people. Let's sit down, babies, because I've got I'm about to deal you a hard blow. This is nothing. I think a lot of people seriously have no idea how thoroughly the system is rigged. I spent several years for uh, as a for hire writer who couldn't afford to turn work away. This means I accepted a lot of jobs I feel icky about now. Um, but it also means that I've seen firsthand how this all shakes out. Important note, this: there is not a single person on my friends list who I am referring to with any of what I'm about to write. Also, I stopped taking the type of work I'm going to describe years ago. So if I've ever helped you with written material or if I'm currently helping you, this does not apply to you. So getting little Miss Asshole, getting little Asshole McGlody face three into Harvard is just the first domino en route to prestige and pedigree. That's why it's so important. The first domino starts the chain. The richest of rich parents get him there by donating a library or building a building. The middling rich like those in, a, in today's story cheat and don't for a single second think that the people addicted today are the only ones because they are not, not, not. The lowly rich hire people like me to write their kids' essays and letters, pull together their resumes, and figure out how to make years of abject mediocrity sound good. And they don't only hire people like me. They also hire special tutors and test prep gurus to teach their kids to hack the test. They pull strings to get their kids special accommodations they don't need so they have more time to get all the math problems done on the SAT. They get interview coaches who teach their kids what to say when they go to their appointment. They lean on connections to get Harvard and Yale to take a second look at their C-plus student with a 980 SAT score. These kids get a complete team and the face asshole McGlody that face asshole McGlody face presents to the Ivy isn't his own. It's a composite of all of the best expertise his parents' money could buy. When asshole McGlody face is in school, his parents hire people like me again. Want to know how many papers I've written for undergraduate students? Graduate students? I couldn't even tell you. It's a higher number than I can re remember offhand. Need a magic paper to save your grade in the class you're failing? Need to save your half-assed thesis? I've done it all. I'm a better-than-average writer, and I made my clients look good. All this work goes into making sure asshole McLody face graduates from an Ivy because graduating from an Ivy combined with the connections of mom and or dad mean he, means he gets internships at the best companies and firms. It means he gets interviews even if his GPA is sub negative 3.0. It means he gets the best jobs when he graduates. He's still an idiot but now he's an idiot earning high five or low six figures. This is when the next dominoes start to fall. Asshole McGlody Face's company is going to get him an executive coach because he has the right name and the right degree and the right presentation, so he's tagged as executive material, and they're going to start grooming him now so he doesn't make them look stupid later. The coach is going to teach him how to present himself, what photos to put in his office, what suits to wear, and how to accessorize. If Hassel is a man, the coach is going to teach him how to open large meetings with a sweet humanizing story about his family, especially his kids. If Asshole is a woman, the coach is going to teach her how to be brusque, 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 thank you, brusque with a smile and never talk about her family under any circumstances, especially not her kids. Along with the executive coach, Asshole is also going to be assigned a mentor, somewhat accomplished and probably equally prestigious. The role of the mentor is to help Asshole McGlody Face to meet the right people, form the right connections. The mentor is going to take Asshole McGlody Face to events and make sure he knows all the power players in their city.
the coach, mentor, and senior reps are going to guide Asshole McLody Face to volunteer and charitable giving opportunities. Not just any volunteering and charitable giving, but those that are well assigned to Asshole's decided upon personal brand. Asshole is going to learn how to give lots of money and make it known without appearing to brag about it. Asshole is going to get seated on the best non-profit non-profit boards in a city. Some of these are competitive. Want to know how I know that? Because they require an essay, resume, and bio. And guess who writes those? So now Asshole is rubbing elbows with even more movers and shakers and is establishing a high-quality personal brand. At this point, Asshole has been promoted a couple of times and is earning low, mid-six figures. Buckle in because here's where lots of dominoes start to fall. At this point, Astle's bio features an expressive school, impressive school, an impressive job at an impressive company, impressive volunteer positions, impressive philanthropy, impressive personal brand. This is enough to earn hassle consideration for a whole host of things most average people have absolutely no awareness of. He's going to apply for and be named one of his cities, 40 Under 40, and get a spread in a local glossy magazine. He's going to happily... He's going to apply for and get a position in his city's up to and coming young leaders program and be interviewed on TV. He's going to apply for and win a spot in his city's wealthy people pretending to do good, but really just hanging out with other well people initiative and get newspaper coverage. I'll give you one guess as to who writes those applications. Note, I'm not shitting on 40 under 40. Some folks make it on there for genuine charitable good deeds, which is awesome. But now asshole's being promoted again. He's in his 40s, maybe 50s, and is earning high six figures, and it's time to go for the jackpot. Asshole has now built all the right credentials to apply for a position on a for-profit board. He probably won't get the first one, and maybe not the second, but he'll get the third and the, or the fourth. How quickly he gets picked up will have a lot to do with how well he's nurtured his connections and how fondly people remember his parents, who are now elderly or dead. He's going to link up with the Fortune 500, be named to their board, and pull in a seven-figure paycheck for turning up once per quarter to listen to updates from the CEO and make management decisions. He'll need a resume, bio, and compelling personal letter to make this happen. Check, check, check. Asshole is now making millions of dollars per year, earning millions more on a board, and as a loving parent is guiding his own children through the exact same process. This is how it works. This is why the right university is so important. It is not about the degree. It's about this entire path, this entire system of manipulation and prestige to make sure the children of the uber wealthy become the next generation of the uber wealthy, that they get exclusive opportunities and exclusive consideration. Every single step along this journey, there are other people clawing for the same opportunities but not getting them. Those people didn't come from the right parents or graduate from the right schools. Their applications weren't as good because they wrote them themselves. And most people, sorry y'all, but it's true, do not write nearly as well as they think they do. Their bios aren't as perfect because they didn't have executive coaches and mentors to help them establish a fine-tuned personal brand. Their ideas weren't as interesting because they were working with their own stupid ideas and not the ideas of professional idea havers. The whole system is rigged, you guys. It is rigged. Maybe you went from lower class to middle class or lower middle class to upper middle class and you feel like a fucking, you feel like a fucking A. I love America and bald eagles and meteor, meteor. Meritocracy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But it is all an illusion. Even if you financially make your way into the nouveau, nouveau? Nouveau riche. Yeah, nouveau riche layer of the (laughs) upper class, you still won't be the one 
you still won't be one of the chosen unless you manage to hit some kind of insanely unlucky lottery. Barack and Michelle Obama come to mind. But you're honestly more likely to get hit by a radioactive spider and start shooting web shit from your wrist. <laughs> the upper class is a closed system. Thanks, but no thanks. No vaccines. Va- no vacancies. vacancies. Don't let the door hit you. I've taken jobs from... 40-something-year-old men who handed the telephone to their daddies to talk about how to craft the right impression in their adult child's personal letter. I've worked with executive coaches to hash out what jokes to write in order to best illustrate the good humor part of someone's personal brand in a personal essay. That is how this works. There is no such thing as meritocracy. The end. So, indeed. Basically, that entire sort of post was about was obviously related to the bribery scandal Mm -hmm. and was talking about how essentially privileged white folks in America have um, basically how like all these like privileged white folks who like go to Harvard and go to all these Ivy Leagues, a lot of the time all their accomplishments are actually like like composites of like everything their parents' money can buy. Mm -hmm. And it's just ridiculous to me how in a system that's already made for them and made to advantage them, they're still trying to cheat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's also like I'm just flabbergasted. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is the right word. I feel like I'm not shocked, but I'm like... No, I'm not shocked that this exists. I'm shocked that people are shocked that this exists. Like, when people people are like, like, OMG. How did this happen? How? What? This is a thing? (laughs) And it's just like, do you live under a rock? Yeah. Like... We live in completely different worlds. Literally. And it's so frustrating because, you know, it's like, no matter how much you work and how much you grind these people are still going to win. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I feel like Canada and America are built on these ideas and ideals of like, oh yeah, if you work hard, it'll happen. Like Mm -hmm. like meritocracy. Meritocracy. Like you just got to put in the effort. Like the Mm -hmm. reason why these um, people of color like aren't, aren't succeeding is because they're not working hard enough. And it's like, hello, exhibit A. Mm -hmm. There's a scam of rich parents paying off college officials to get their sub 3.0 students into Ivy League universities. And the only reason why these people of color aren't getting the same opportunities is because they don't have the money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. another problem with capitalism. I freaking hate capitalism. Which we will discuss in another episode. Yeah, and it's just, it is so frustrating. And it's like heartbreaking for me especially Mm -hmm. as a woman of color who is at a fairly prestigious school. Um, Oh, we both go to McGill, by the way. Yeah. Like, people that are listening for the first time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, I have lost count of the amount of times that people have told me that I don't actually – I didn't earn my spot here. The Mm -hmm. only reason why I'm here is to – fill that McGill's diversity quota you know like oh they need more black people on campus so that's why you're here kind of thing when it's like 
No, I worked my ass off to get here. I had a 95 average in high school and that didn't just come because I had parents who were able to buy the best education for me that were able to like get me tutors and make sure I went to the best private school in the realm. No, I went to public school and like granted it was a very good public school and my mom shout out to my mom who I love dearly and appreciate like all the effort that she's put in to making I had making sure that I had a successful education but like it I everything that I did to get to this point I did and I worked for it Mm -hmm. but you still have people who are like no like you don't actually deserve it you're you you took away somebody else's spot because you're black and it's just like Mm -hmm. what like and, you know, like, when I have a question for you, like, when, I mean, you said that people have told you that countless times. Was there a time when you, like, genuinely believed that you didn't belong here and you didn't deserve to be here? No. Um, I think. Is this something you're only now realizing that, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I ever internalized um, their, like, I, I do not think I belong at McGill, but it's, I don't think I believe that because, like, I um didn't deserve my grades no I I the, I feel like I do not belong in McGill because I do not feel like McGill is a safe environment for me mm-hmm. um I don't, and I find McGill to be a very harmful place and for me as a person and for me as a black woman and that is why I don't belong but I know that I deserve to be here because I worked my ass off to get here you know like Mm -hmm. there were so many nights that I would like sit at the dining room table bawling my eyes out because I couldn't figure out this problem and like Mm -hmm. if I didn't figure out this problem I wasn't gonna get a 95 on my essay and or like on my test and if I didn't get a 95 then I was like my 95 average was gonna go down to a 91 kind of thing Mm -hmm. and it's like so like I know that like and like a big reason as to why I chose McGill University was because it was is one of the best schools in Canada and like for me, when I got accepted, it was kind of like, yeah, like, take that, everybody who thought, like, I couldn't do it, like, I did it, and I'm here, um, but I'm kind of, like, just realizing that there's so much more to that, and um, that is why I feel like I don't belong at McGill, which is, like, a whole other, mm-hmm. I just find university institutions to be problematic, which is something we're going to be talking about in another podcast. Yeah, we're going to be talking about university and academia and all the problems with that yeah Mm -hmm. eventually Mm um yeah do you have any more to say on this scandal or do you want to move on to the next thing I just I think in relation to this scandal like I just don't think people should be shocked this is not a shocking revelation it's not a shocking brand new thing people privileged people have been cheating a system made for them for a very long time now mm-hmm. and it's only now coming out and like is it going to stop probably not and probably not for a while and I mean Shakira and I were talking about this earlier it's just so heartbreaking to know that like yeah like the both of us can try our hardest and work our hardest but we're always going to be playing into a system that has the cards stacked against us and so on our end it's like yeah like we're aware of these things and we're aware of how the system is rigged but like what else can we do almost mm-hmm. besides spreading awareness and besides talking about it like mm-hmm. how much change can we actually make mm-hmm. um, and it's just like it's frustrating 
trying to break through those systems, mm-hmm. you know, because the upper circle is very closed off, like, mm-hmm. and trying to get through that, like, look at how many people have been able to get through that. It was, when was Obama elected? Like, 2011? Mm, 2008, 2009? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not good with We're history. We're not American. <laughs> uh, but, like, it took 2008 or nine or however yeah. before he was elected. And then in 2017... 2018? 2017, 20... Trump was elected. Yeah. And it's just, like, we... It was, like, so many steps forward just to take just, like, even more steps back. Mm -hmm. And it seems like this constant, like, cycle of, like, when people of color get an inch, white people just take seven feet, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. And, um... Fuck, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. I'm sorry, I can't, like, I can't remember what I was going to say, but I hear you and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, like, it's kind of a bleak, sort of hopeless look at things, but, A, I mean, I feel like that's all I'm capable of doing right now, and B, like, I think we're doing the best we can. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, I to all of, like, the people out there who feel like us, who are feeling hopeless, you know, like, just keep fighting. Yeah, and just, like, keep, just be aware, Yeah. I guess, and educate yourself. Like, it's tiring. I I think what you guys are seeing right now is exhaustion. I'm so exhausted. I am tired. Mm-hmm. I am exhausted of having to fight and fight and prove myself. Yeah. Only to have it, like, thrown in my face that, like, no matter how much you try, boom, Lori and Massimo, (laughs) they're going to take that. They're going to take, and their kids are still in school. Their kids are still at USC. So, like, even though they have been um, exposed and called out, like, they still fucking win because they're still there. Yeah. you know, it's still these kids that are going to have these futures. And, mm-hmm. and, like, even if their parents do end up in jail, which I hope does happen, and I hope all of the money that they have gets, like, taken away and they have to, like, pay the money to some... Maybe not the government, because the government... And, and given to people that, like... Yes, ooh, ooh, all money, of the money but, that like, was, like, taken and used to bribe these college officials, a f- trust fund for, like, uh, underprivileged... Um, college students should be started and should pay for all of their tuitions to go to these schools. They should pay off, like, student loans. Yes, they should pay off student loans for the students who, like... Who fucking worked to get their asses there. And are now in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt because they are trying to ascribe to this idea of meritocracy and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm exhausted, guys. Mm -hmm. I'm only 19. (laughs) We're babies. We're babies. We're such young little beings. But I I think I do take refuge in the fact that, like, even though we are so young, like, look at where we are now, you know? Like, there is so, like, I am going to continue to fight and maybe one day 
Mm-hmm. It'll pay off. Maybe one day something will change. Mm-hmm. Maybe one day the upper class won't exist anymore. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, fuck the upper class. I think it is inhumane for anybody to be a billionaire. I think nobody does, should be a billionaire. Yeah, when it comes to the expense of so many people's livelihoods. Mm-hmm. 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 Hashtag communism, maybe? Mm, maybe one day. I mean, one day. I don't know. I don't know much about the communist party, so I can't like vouch for them or anything like that. If anything, like, I just think, like, I don't. I feel like communism was never given its shot. <laughs> it was never given the opportunity to like actually be successful because <laughs> democracy came in and was like, yo, no, like democracy all the way and like i'm not saying either of them is better i think democracy is horrendous and like Mm -hmm. i do not think it is the goals that it it says it's going to do are actually happening i don't know if that i don't know if that made sense but you don't think it's like fulfilling the goals that it like thank you yeah thank you this is really funny because last night she (laughs) Shakira, Shakira and I went out with her friends, and, like, we were talking about communism, and Shakira just goes, I don't think communism was ever given a fair shot. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking lost it, because true, but also funny, but yeah. also a little true. Yeah. We should, we should do an episode on, like, communism once we, like, do enough research. Yeah. Yeah, like, this This is not me vouching for <laughs> communism or democracy. I, I'm neutral. I'm Switzerland in this. Aww. In this. In this debate this on dynamic. communism and democracy, but like, yeah, we gotta do better. Like, more has to be done. Like, this cannot keep happening. Mm-hmm. Meritocracy needs to. Like, people need to stop believing that meritocracy is a thing. Yeah. You know? Because it's not. Because it's not. Meritocracy does not. Um, meritocracy is an illusion to keep Western people, ideals. To keep certain people in power. Yes, to keep certain people in power and to promote this idea like this this I don't yeah. know what it's just a guise uh-huh yeah like a ruse yes it's okay. just a ruse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I I don't know I don't I don't even know what to say anymore I can it. tell I can tell you're just fed up I can tell. I am I am I can tell I am fed up yeah I'm fed up with meritocracy I am fed up with democracy mm-hmm. I'm fed up with society. Especially because, like, I know how hard you work. And I know how much shit you did to get here. And it just sucks that the university and just people in general are making you feel like you don't deserve mm-hmm. to be here. And they're, like, devaluing all the work that you did. And it's not even just, like... It's not, like, an individual thing. It's not, like, certain people are making you feel that way. It's a whole, like... It's a systemic issue. Yeah. Systemic or systematic? One of those two. One of those two words. Um, Pretty much the same. So, I can see that you're fed up and frustrated, and I... I I understand. Should we move on? I think so. We're, like, stewing in many emotions right now. We are. A lot of... just, like, general exhaustion. Yeah. I hope you guys can appreciate i think you guys can like bear with us it's, yes. it's a bit of a slow episode today um but like we really just we did want to get it out yeah and i i don't know i've i have found the podcast to be somewhat therapeutic yeah me too so i'm glad we're doing it me too yeah there's just there's just a lot going on mm-hmm. 
Okay, on to the next topic. Mm. This one is even more... So... I think all of y'all are aware. (laughs) Yeah. All of y'all are... Y'all. All of you guys are, like, aware of, like... I was just thinking about in the barbershop when you said (laughs) y'all. And the lady was like... So when we went to get my hair cut, she was saying y'all. And the lady... What did she say? She was like, y'all, who are you? Like, where's your Asian mama? And I was like, um... (laughs) I feel really awkward right now. Yeah. Like, I say y'all because I don't want to be like, hey, guys, you know? Yeah. But, like, everyone just assumes that it's me trying to be super country. And, like, I'm not. <laughs> y'all. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Yeehaw. Ew. Okay. So. <laughs> Do y'all want to? I mean. <laughs> Shut the fuck Okay. Topic. Next, moving on. Okay. Um, so we wanted to touch on the terrorist attack in New Zealand. Um, so on Thursday, I'm pretty sure it was Thursday, 49 Muslims were killed in a mosque in New Zealand by a, um, like, radical white man from, I think it was from Australia, mm-hmm. um, who went into the mosque and, like, and shot people. Started um, shooting it up, yeah. Yeah, and, like, he he broadcasted it on, like, social media. And, like, um, he he said that he's going to do it on this website called 8chan. Um, and then um, 8chan is, like, um, so there's this website called 4chan, which is, like, very, very, I don't know. I don't even know what it is. It's, like, my opinion's very... Um, my boyfriend showed it to me so we could get wall, um, I could get wallpapers for my, um, for my laptop because when I got my new laptop, yeah, Ryan's great. Love you, babe. Um, Hi, Ryan. Love you. But yeah, um, he, so 4chan is like, I guess we're like trolls. Is that, I don't know. Are they, I think they would, I, I think I could call them trolls or like memers or whatever they go. Oh my God. What? I don't know. I don't know what the word is. But they go on that website, and it's like a community for them. Okay, is it kind of like Reddit? Yeah, it's like a Reddit. Okay, it's like Reddit. But um, 8chan is like 4chan 2.0 because Reddit and 4chan started like censoring um, hate crime media. media. Interesting. So then 8chan was created and like a response to that so that like far right groups could express their hate in a safe place, quote, unquote. Stop it. No way. Yeah, that was what 8chan is. So this dude, he posted what he was about to do on 8chan, and then... And then he posted, like, he did, he, like, live-streamed everything on Facebook and Twitter, I'm pretty sure, and, like, the, I think it happened before, like, the media companies could react or whatever. But, yeah, um, and that one really hit me as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. um because it's like these things keep happening to people of color and nothing is being done people we are dying and nobody is doing anything mm-hmm. yeah people are standing in solidarity yeah marches are happening but then what mm-hmm. you know like then we move on and we wait for the next atrocious thing to pop up on the news cycle and we do it all again but it's like this endless cycle of just nothing nothing is happening and people are still dying like muslims and black people are still dying 
And white people, I'm sorry, but y'all are failing. Hardcore. You guys are failing. You're failing to do anything. You're not doing anything. And it is so frustrating. Mm -hmm. It is so frustrating. Because, and then you have people like, like, there's this photo, um, there's this photo. Circulating. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Circulating the internet. And it's of two magazine posts. Um, magazine covers yeah and so on the one it's like ISIS maniac killed people and killed 50 gay people or something like that versus angelic boy who turned into an evil far-right killer and it's just like what the hell Mm -hmm. how comes this white man is labeled as an angelic boy who then became evil but then the Muslim is the maniac. Mm-hmm. No, they're, I mean, both of them are fucked up. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why there's that distinction between, mm-hmm. you know, people of color, this is this is their this is their nature, this is their true nature coming to light. And, and the white boy the white boy who was like always good, always a good child, nothing was wrong with him, and then somehow society turned him rough and he did this terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And it's just like, no, y'all, white people are fucking terrorists. It's crazy. Y'all are terrorists. You are just as much of a terrorist as a Muslim who, um, a Muslim who bombs, as ISIS. Mm-hmm. Far right supremacy groups are terrorists. Mm-hmm. And nobody says that. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody. It's Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, even when, you know, these things are publicized and when, like certain media companies or news networks or whatever like talk about white perpetrators like white shooters even the way that they like call them out or expose their crimes is like very forgiving in a way you know it's Mm -hmm. like oh like they didn't mean to do it you know they were a troubled he was a troubled child so even as they're like trying to like reprimand this person for his atrocity they're still trying to justify there's justification and there's forgiveness even you know but, like, do people of color ever get that kind of, you know, treatment, absolutely? You know, no, you know? like, you are willing to demonize a person of color, even even, even if it isn't, like, this, like, even if it isn't at ISIS level. Even looking in the workforce, a de- you will, women, not women, just people in color in general are demonized. For the smallest things, mm-hmm. yet white people continue and continue to get opportunities and chances and forgiveness. Oh, no, but they're still a good person. Oh, no, like it was just a one-time thing. Yeah, well, one-time thing kills people. Look at our freaking president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, look look at, and even like looking at um, the comparison between like the Obama presidency and the Trump presidency, the media was was always willing to jump on Obama for something that they, he may have done that was wrong. Yet Trump is still a president. Mm-hmm. He is still a president and he's not been impeached. Mm-hmm. And he is still, he's leading what, the, one of the superpowers, one of the greatest superpowers in foreign policy, right, in international relations, whatever, right now. He's the leader of that country. He's probably one of the most powerful men in the world. Mm-hmm. And y'all are just giving him a free pass. White people, what the fuck? What are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's up to everybody to sort of take action, but like, white people, like y'all, like you have, you have all the power and all the privilege. Should we read this? Um, 
do we want to read it or do we want to like summarize it? Because it's a long piece. I think we should just summarize it. So basically, we're talking about this piece um, written by Sangeetha Thanapal. Um, Thanapal? I'm yeah. sorry if I butchered your name. So sorry. So I don't. So she's a writer and an activist. Uh, born in Singapore and schooled in the United Kingdom. We're reading this right off of her Facebook page. Um, and she wrote a piece about white people and people of color and what white people should be doing. I think we should read it. I think you it's really read powerful. It? Yeah, go okay. for it. Me? Yeah. Okay, do you want to split it? No, you do it. I butchered the last one. <laughs> okay. You got this. Okay, so basically, it starts. Um, when will white people stop killing killing us. You have chased us, raped us, stolen our land, stolen our resources, murdered us, murdered our children, made it so that some of us could not have children, and tried to wipe us out for centuries. Yet we live, we survive, we thrive, and white supremacy is so fucking fragile that it can't even stomach that. This is terrorism. I refuse to append this statement with the word white, because black and brown people everywhere know that whiteness is the true face of terrorism. Who are the original terrorists who has terrorized us for centuries, and then who continues to do so now? I'm, ho- I'm heartbroken, I'm sad, I'm shocked. It's too close to home, it's too much. This kind of calculated cruelty. They knew they could inflict maximum pain, they knew the mosques would be packed, they knew it would be hard to run and to escape. Everyone who has made is- Islamophobic comments and who has allowed them to be made in your presence, who has elected Islamophobes, who has supported internment camps for refugees, for immigrants, who has supported the policing of Muslims, who has put the rights of fascists to speak before the rights of Muslims to live without fear. All of you are to blame for this. And yet, I'm already seeing white people with posts and ideas and thoughts. Okay, before I continue, um, actually, no, I'm going to continue. We can, we can talk about that after. Um, white voices are not required now. Yes, Take instruction, preach. not cues from Muslim and Maori leadership. White people and their thoughts on what to do, whether to share this or that, do this or that. All of that is really, really, wait, all that is really, really insensitive and unnecessary. White people, stop talking. Listen, this is your people. This is what you have brought. This is your legacy. Stop trying to drown your white guilt by jumping up to show how you're not a racist like them. Oof, that's relevant. Mm -hmm. That's relevant. Fuck yeah. Um... I don't want to hear how white people feel, how sorry they are, how shocked they are, etc. I don't want your hot takes or your self-flagellation. I sure as hell don't want you writing your fucking think pieces and making money off this tragedy. Mm -hmm. I don't want your thoughts and your prayers, your safety pins, and your fucking hashtags. I actually don't want to hear white people open their mouths at all, unless it's with a concrete plan on how you are using, or how how you are going to use your white privilege in order to destroy white supremacy. So what are you going to do? Are you going to... Are you going into your workplace on Monday to demand anti-racism training to be instituted? Demand that Muslim voices be everywhere in the media these coming weeks? Demand that your school double the amount of counselors or hire POC counselors? Are you going to talk to your family tonight, especially family members who have expressed Islamophobic thoughts in the past? Are you going to confront them? Are you going to protest outside of your state seat of power? Are you going to go after every newscaster and media outlet that refuses to call this terrorism? that talks about how these men never seemed like extremists or have a mental illness? Are you going to defend Muslims speaking on this and confront the inevitable Islamophobes on Twitter and other social media? Are you going to show up outside of mosques and form a physical barrier to protect those inside? So, all dear, so dear all white people, tell me how you're going to put your body on the line 
but for once or once and for all just shut up oof mm-hmm. I don't know how you read the first long thing my throat like <laughs> so basically I love this piece because it calls out how whenever people of color express their concerns are frustrated whenever bad shit happens to people of color white people are so easy to go like oh my god we're so sorry but like I'm not like that mm-hmm. bitch no one said it was about you okay like, or the people who are so, like oh but it's not me that's doing it I was I didn't ask to be born white okay yeah and okay we, Shakira and I were just talking about this earlier <laughs> And how, like, some white people are like, oh, like, it, it's not my fault that, like, my answer, my ancestors were, like, racist or, like, slave owners or whatever. Okay. Okay. I mean, here's what we think. I think that if people of color have to carry the burden of just, like, centuries and a complete history of being oppressed, if people have to, like, deal with their histories still penetrating their present today today because intergenerational trauma is a thing yeah if that is if that is true and if people of color have to do that then white people also have to like bear the burden of how their ancestors were like supremacists and how like their entire race was so oppressive like both of y'all sorry for using y'all again (laughs) have to deal with that history Mm -hmm. you know it's not fair to allow people of color to walk to walk around with like this burden while you go like no like it's all in the past you know like that's not me or it's like you're a product people, of your history bitch yeah. like I don't and know. it's or when people are like oh but racism doesn't exist anymore I can I, <laughs> I living in Canada people are like yeah but like we're not as bad as America like yeah racism isn't racism doesn't exist in Canada and it's like um wrong like. It does. It does exist, and it's thriving. In fact... Take um, it from a woman of color. Like. Um, I think... Hold on. Let me find it. This group on Facebook, I think they were... They're called... Um, something about immigration. I don't remember exactly what it was. But they talked about how hate crimes have risen 45% mm. in Canada in the last three or four years. Three or four years, and, and you're here trying to tell me that racism doesn't exist. It does exist. It does. And you guys are doing nothing. Mm. You guys, and the thing that, the the part that, like, I really appreciated was you need to start putting your body on the line mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. And just as much as we do, if not more than mm-hmm. we do, because it is your people who are killing us. Mm-hmm who are shooting up mosques, who are shooting up churches, who are killing people in their cars, in their backyards, Mm -hmm. who are turning a blind eye to the hundreds and hundreds of people, women of color who have gone missing, indigenous women of color Mm -hmm. who have gone missing. Mm -hmm. You are the ones who are turning a deaf ear onto the women who are being shot and not doing anything, who are not willing to march for them, but you are willing to march when your white communities are harmed. When your white communities are harmed, then it's a problem. Then it's a movement. Then we need to do something. Then we need to we need to make do some kind of reform. But when it is us, when it is our bodies that are on the line, you guys just keep turning a black eye. And you it's this has to stop. Mm-hmm. Because we're dying. Mm-hmm. We are dying and we are dying 
more and more and more over the stoop for no reason at all. Mm -hmm. And you guys are doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I genuinely believe that, yeah, shooting up a mosque is uh, is awful. But sitting in silence, turning a blind eye, not doing anything, Mm -hmm. saying that it's not my fault, that I have no part in this, is worse mm-hmm. because you are letting this happen. You're perpetuating all of this. Emotion. You are perpetuating white supremacy and you are letting it thrive because you are unwilling to not benefit from it. And that is the fact. That is the truth. Mm-hmm. You may, may maybe not consciously, but subconsciously, you enjoy your privileges. Mm-hmm. You enjoy the fact that you benefit. And because of that, you are not doing anything and we are dying. Mm-hmm. and it's I just it's fucked it, it's fucked <laughs> it's fucked it's every f- single time you let people continue to believe these stereotypes and every single time you stay silent about these things you are doing so much harm because you're letting this cycle continue you are letting people die and it's just you know mm-hmm And I hear so many white people call themselves an ally. Stop calling yourself an ally. Yeah, like, tell us what that means, you know? Like, you're not an ally. What does your allyship mean? Ally is not a noun that you Mm -hmm. get to slap on your your Instagram, slap on your Facebook, Mm -hmm. be like, hey, look at me. I went to a march. I'm an ally. Mm -hmm. Look at me. I I reblogged. Hashtag this movement. I'm an ally. That doesn't mean shit. That doesn't mean shit. Unless you actually do something. You don't... I on white people don't should not call themselves allies. Mm-hmm. They should not they should not label themselves as an ally. They should be somebody of color should say that you are my ally. And ally is not a noun. Ally is a verb. Ally is not not a one-time thing. It is a verb mm-hmm. that has to be continue mm-hmm. continuously maintained. Allyship has to be performed. Yes. Over and over and over. Yes. Again. You can't just like you can't just like comod- you can't just like appropriate this term and hide behind it and expect everything to go away. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And you can't label yourself as an ally. Like you, you're right. Like people of color should label you as an ally because like for you to just go and say that is so easy without actually doing any of the work for it. And so I guess, like, when we talk about actually being an ally and actually doing something, I mean, one thing you can do is actually, like, call out the racist people in your life. Yes, because it is so much safer for you to do that Mm -hmm. than it is for us. Yeah. Because if I, when I call someone out for racism, like, I put myself in danger. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, Which I put myself in danger. Up to think about like, like I am risking. Yeah, like, I, and there are times where I'm like, you know, like should I say something right now? Is it safe for me to do so? And then I do it, and then or I'll realize in the moment that like, I, this is not safe. Like I need to, I need to get out of this situation. But as a white person, you don't face that. Yeah. You don't. You don't. You. You will not... If anything, you'll be applauded, which is even more frustrating. That's true. That's 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 so true. Fuck. 
Fuck, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. But call people out because... And start putting your life on the line as well. Mm. Because we are always doing it. We are always By doing default. it. By default. By default, because we have to. Because that's our way of surviving. But something needs to give. Something needs to give. Mm-hmm. What else? We have a we have a mini list of call to actions. Um. Oh, don't vote for racist, misogynist <laughs> politicians. Vote for people who will help color communities. I mean, I feel like I shouldn't have to say that, <laughs> but yet still, it keeps happening. Uh-huh. What are you guys doing? This is like pretty self-explanatory. Just like don't vote for assholes. Like educate yourself. Yeah. Know who you're voting for. Yes. Like I live in Ontario when I'm not in school and Doug Ford was just, um, was just voted in as premier. Well, not just some time ago. I don't remember when it was a I'm not good with dates, but it's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's literally like all of the, all of the, um, things that he's doing. I saw this post and it was like talking about how when the government comes for things such as like, um, when the government comes for things that could benefit colored communities, there's a, there's a, a blind eye is turned, but, and you guys are not willing to stand with us, but as soon as they start coming for things that affect you, that is when you guys will speak up, but by then it'll be too late, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just like, stop, stop voting for these people, stop voting for these people, stop giving these people the power Mm -hmm. to destroy lives and ruin society, Mm -hmm. stop, 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 stop. Yeah. What else do we have? Mm-hmm. Oh, if you're asked to do something a person of color would be better suited for, let them do it. Oh, my God. Yes. This is true. Yes. Um, um, what is it? There's one out here. St- um, so... This one's really brief, but like last time on our podcast, we had talked about the open letter to poli sci boys. And someone was in response to this letter, someone was mad that the anonymous author, who was a woman of color, had asked white men to stop being mad and speaking for them. And this person was mad that, and he was like, oh, how dare this person like stop asking me to be angry? I'm allowed to be angry. And it's just like, no, you're not. Mm. You, like, Give us the space. Mm-hmm. Give us, mm-hmm. pl- give us space. Give us space. Give us space and like give us the. Give us yeah. Give us the space to like, actually. Speak our truths and don't speak for us. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I think it's really important though to maintain a balance between like yes, listen to like people of color, but also like, don't do that to the expense of their like emotional labor. Yes. Yes. Know? Don't like while you should be looking to people of color and speaking to them, like talking to us. Like recognize that yeah. it's emotionally exhausting. This and, like you can't expect us to like provide you with all the education and like Yeah, educate like, yourself. Educate these yourself. These things are hard to talk about. They are. And so like it's just important. To and me. also when we do talk, 
don't play devil's advocate. Oh my god. Stop oh. playing devil's advocate. There's always that like asshole in class. I hate oh people. I hate people who play devil's advocate it's or who try and question my experiences. Oh my god. Because it's like, hello, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you even playing devil's advocate? Why are you this even is considering not, that kind of reality? Like, yeah, devil's advocate can be beneficial in some situations. Some situations. Some. some. Very specific situations. But when a person of color, when I am talking about my experiences, do not challenge me. Mm-hmm. Or be like, yeah, but like, what about the white person? I don't give a fuck about y'all anymore. Because, like, it has been about the white person this entire time. Since the birth of society, it has mm-hmm. been about the white person. It is my turn now. Mm-hmm. It is my turn to talk. Mm-hmm. So shut up and listen and don't challenge me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <sighs> Man. You're just, like, very fed up. I'm, Yeah. And this is emotional labor yourself for yourself right now. Like, how are you feeling? Let's do a check-in. I'm, I'm frustrated. Mm. I, I know so many people who, so many people of color who hate white people. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to get to the point where I hate white people mm-hmm. because I, I, I think that does more harm than good. But it is so hard. Mm-hmm. You guys are making it so hard. Mm-hmm. And it is so challenging and exhausting to continuously find love and compassion for people who are killing my brothers and my sisters, for people who are telling me that I am not enough, for people who are turning a blind eye, who don't even care about my struggles, about my community, about my community struggles and the things that we go through. And it's like, if you can't love me, why should I love you? Why? You know? But, like, I do, like, I am a firm believer that, like, hate is not going to get us anywhere. Mm -hmm. But it is so hard. Mm -hmm. It is so hard to continue to love this society that we live in Mm -hmm. and love the people that are in it. And to live in it. And to live in it. And to accept this is our current reality, right? Mm -hmm. What about you? How are you feeling? Besides exhaustion and just general tiredness, I am. Um, I was gonna say like I understand you, but I don't think I ever fully could because yes, I'm a woman of color as well, but it's not like my brothers and sisters are being shot at. My churches aren't being like raided and mm-hmm. you know. So even, you know, just being, although we're both women of color, experiences are very different. Yeah. And I think the most, the best thing for me to do right now is to, like, listen to you. Thanks. Of course, mate. 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 (laughs) But I, I am so angry. Me too. And And I I, know it doesn't show because I'm tired, but, like, I am. Me too. I... I love being black. Mm. It, it's taken me a very long time to love my blackness and get to that point in my life where I am proud to say I'm a black woman. Shout out to our first episode. Yes. <laughs> but I do. I love being a black woman. Mm. And I am proud of the experiences that this body has given me. Mm-hmm. And I am proud 
to be a part of such a resilient and strong community. Mm-hmm. But I'm just tired. Of course. I am. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going to cry. Mm. Yes, I'm cry. Just... Do it. Do it. We love emotions. Yeah, we do. It is hard. Mm. And it is frustrating. And it's like, I always hear, it's like, keep being strong. Keep being strong. I'm like, yes, be strong, be strong. Mm-hmm. But when when it when do we get to not be strong? Mm-hmm. When is it our turn to not have to fight? Mm-hmm. To not have to put our bodies on the line, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I just I just I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I'm I'm just done. I, and I don't want, I'm only 19. I don't want to be done. Mm -hmm. But it's like something has to give. Mm -hmm. Something has to give. We cannot keep doing this. This cannot keep happening. You know? Mm -hmm. And it is not on me or you or any other person of color to make that change. It is not on us. It is on white people we're doing your work like yeah i'm i I don't want to do your work anymore start doing your own work please Mm -hmm. start challenging the system and start challenging yourselves like just be better do better you know i always hear people say oh there's nothing i can do there's always something you can do something you can do google frick just type into google what can i do to that makes a person of color's life easier. Many, 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 many articles will pop up. And many people of color will speak to that. Many people of color will speak to that. And also, while you're doing something, don't impose your ideas of what you think will be best for us. Oh, this is a big one. Talk to us. Mm-hmm. Listen to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do something about it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting you guys. Mm-hmm. I will keep fighting. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to keep fighting until I can get to the point and say I'm not tired anymore. Like, I am proud Mm -hmm. of where we have come. And I can get to the point where I can say I am proud of the community and the society I live in. I will keep fighting until that day comes. But I am tired. And I just wish you guys would make it easy for me. Not easy. Help me. Mm -hmm. I want your help. Mm -hmm. Help. Do something. Please. That's all. And, like, also, like, when you do help, it should be on, like, the terms of people of color, not what you think is best for people of color. Because mm-hmm. that in itself is already oppressive and entitled and unproductive. Yeah. <sighs> Let's take another deep breath. That was good. This is, um... This, this is, is a lot. lot. This... <laughs> This is a lot. This is, this wasn't as like cheery and you know and loud as our other episodes. Well, it was loud, just in a. I'm always loud. Way. Yeah, just yeah. in a different way this time. I I apologize for not being um as sort of like. Don't uh, apologize. Don't apologize. I think I think it was important that we did this, even though we weren't feeling. Mm-hmm as up to it because you know like like 
like going back to why we wanted to do this we wanted to be honest and we wanted to be raw yeah you know that's and true. part of that means recording even when you're not at on top of at the top of when you're not at the top of your game you yeah. know um but I, I think there's some power in doing that there is and I think, I think so. that um I don't know I don't know what I was gonna say I forgot well, I mean, I guess just to carry on with what you were saying, I guess, is, um, I think, <laughs> wait, now I'm blanking, fuck, we know, wait, I think there's, um, I think we should be proud of the fact that we still did this. Yeah. Um, doing things when your mental health isn't in the best shape is a lot. <laughs> yeah. We actually were going to do a... This was actually supposed to be a mental health episode. Yeah. Um, but we kind of felt like the topics that we talked about were a little bit more like mm-hmm. pressing almost. Yeah, like in light of recent events. Yeah, don't worry. I'm a, like we will definitely do a mental health episode at yeah. some point. At some point. But yeah, I and agree. Yeah. I think I, I, I'm proud that we worked up the motivation. Mm-hmm. Also, I just want to give like a quick thank you. Like, I know a lot of this was, like, us calling out white people, but mm-hmm. I want to thank the white people in our lives who are there for us. Yes. Um, yes. Who share our podcast. Who you su- know who you are. Yes, you do. <laughs> who support us, who are there for us, who are trying their best to combat mm-hmm. their realities. We see you. We, we appreciate you. you. We love you. We love you so much. And we just hope that more and more people will see you and take your example and be like you yeah because like we need more people like you in the world yeah and we love you so much yeah we do um yeah you know who you are (laughs) yeah you do um yeah should we end it i think we should um thanks for um do listening yeah I know I hope, this was a lot. I hope you're as enraged and exhausted as we are, but I hope you can all turn that into something productive, right? Mm-hmm. This has been a lot, and it will continue to be a lot, but... We're here for each other. Yeah, we're working through it. We're, we're working through other. it. Um, and, yeah! yeah. <laughs> Bye! Bye!